G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. Legends, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in, whether this is your first time and you're thinking, who's this yobbo with that very Australian accent saying, g'day, legends, or whether you're a long-time listener or uh, maybe just your second or third time for tuning in. Whoever you are, wherever you are, welcome and massive heartfelt gratitude for committing your time and investing your time into listening to this podcast. This episode is just saying g'day, but more than that, always wanting to provide value and different perspectives and insights. And this one specifically is doing a bit of a golden check-in. I am blessed to be connected with Dr. Arna Rubenstein, who is one of the world's greatest teachers, coaches, facilitators, leaders, wisdom seekers in and around rites of passage. And he's based in kind of the Byron Bay hinterland in Australia. And I've connected with him. I've been up and visiting him on the farm. Uh, I've had him on the podcast a couple of times. I've done his leadership training programs and just had good old chinwags with him on the phone or, or on Zoom, actually. He doesn't let us talk unless we're uh, on video. And I'm, I'm grateful that I had Dr. Anna Rubenstein as one of the special guests in my mastermind. So, I run a mastermind 12 months and limited to 10 men, 10 members. And every month, we have a special guest. And every month, I also jump on and do uh, my own group coaching call as well. And Anna Rubenstein was a special guest for one of the the sessions and he he brought the magic in the way that he always does and a few of the guys are going to go on and do his uh, father-son programs or do his level one leadership programs as well so it brought an immense amount of value and one of the things that I learned from Anna early on was about doing a check-in every time we chat we've got to do a check-in and when I've done his programs uh, or worked with people that have worked with him, we always do a check-in. And it's something that I've brought into my my work as well. But one of the structures that, that Anna has put to it is called a golden check-in. So, the letters of golden mean something. So, what I'm going to go through with you is a golden check-in. It's just my way of sharing what I've been up to and checking in with you. Uh, just to, to share a bit of value in different ways. I have feedback from, from you listeners that you, you like to hear me get on here and just have a bit of a yarn sometimes. So, with the, the golden check-in, G-O-L-D-E-N, the G is for going. So, how are you going overall right now is the, the first question that you would answer with this check-in. So, for me, right at this moment, I'm thriving. At the moment, my family and I are all thriving. We're 100% healthy, still living in Sweden and loving life. Don't get me wrong, 
We have the usual family challenges of having a one-year-old and a three-year-old, but I'm always grateful for our health because it's it's my top core value or top core priority and same with my gorgeous wife, Marie. But it doesn't mean that we're bulletproof. It doesn't mean that we don't get sick and we don't experience health challenges. And on that note, we, you know, we all had COVID in, in early February and I kind of wanted to share how that affected us because I was not expecting not to get it. However, the experience of it was a great learning lesson like, like with everything. And, and when I think about my health, I'm super grateful because we're not sick now, but we have been sick. And I shared this on social media as well at, at the end of our experience. And literally, this is just sharing my personal COVID experience. And we are actually grateful that we're now upgraded humans that we've moved through the, I'm going to call it the spicy flu experience. For me, I had a slight fever for half a day and I had a cough and phlegm for about a week. Uh, And I had some added physical and mental fatigue that kind of lingered on for a couple of weeks, just a bit of brain fog and, and physical kind of fatigue, just a little bit, nothing too bad. And my gorgeous wife, Marie, had a very similar experience. Our son, Oliver, was almost three. He had high fever for about 24 hours and then it was like nothing had actually happened at all. And unfortunately, though, our one-year-old daughter, Indiana, developed extreme breathing difficulties and she was taken to the children's hospital in the ambulance for an overnight stay. And they, they treated her and Marie really, really well. And they actually said, so the medical staff and the doctors said that it was great that Indy only had COVID and nothing more serious like the RS virus. That was her words. Oh, it's great that she's only got COVID and nothing more serious like the RS virus. So overall, we had a week of very limited sleep and and some more obvious stress when you've got a, a young one that's sick. But for me personally, I've been much sicker before. And But I really hate any kind of sickness because I just feel like it's such a waste of time and energy. And that's why I choose to prioritize my health as my top core value or priority and, and aim to thrive as consistently as possible because energy dips or sickness or anything like that or brain fog, it just feels like a waste of time and energy to me. So... Like I said before, it obviously doesn't mean it doesn't make me bulletproof against any illness that that I have this as my top core priority. But my experience is that I don't suffer from that when I do get sick, I don't suffer too badly. So for us personally, as a family, uh, we chose not to get the jab, not to get the vax during this pandemic saga, and it was for very obvious reasons. Not only do we value our health as our top core priority, we invest into some outstanding health experts. And when the health experts study health, that it was quite obvious for, for many different reasons why we would choose not to get the jab. I have, have zero judgment against people who do it and I have zero judgment or like I don't like or dislike people more for getting it or not getting it. I'm not that type of person. To me, don't tell me about your uh, vax status or whatever it's called. To me, tell me who you are. What do you strive for as a human? What's your purpose in life? How are you creating impact? So, we chose not to get the jab for various obvious obvious reasons. Uh, And what I've noticed throughout all of this is that 
dozens of unvaxxed people that I know, they had very similar experiences to us with this spicy flu. Dozens of vaxxed people that I know had very similar experiences also. Couldn't tell the difference between whether they were or weren't. Uh, dozens of vaxxed and unvaxxed people had worse experiences throughout this whole saga. And what we saw was that the vaxxed and unvaxxed are passing it to each other at the same rate or were passing it to each other at the same rate, depending on where you're living. So for me, I feel like the writing is on the wall for this spicy flu. I honestly do. And this is what I wrote about in the post too, that Sweden made a wise move. I think it was the end of January or the very first few days of uh, February. And they dropped all the rules and regulations regarding COVID because they identified it that it's, uh, and this is their, their words, it's no longer an illness presenting danger to society. And they also stated that they do not recommend the, the jab, the vaccination to children under 12. Thank fuck. Because the people who created that jab actually came out and said that it's not safe for people, for, for kids. So it's great that some governments have uh, followed through with that. By the way, if you're triggered by any of this that I'm speaking, please know that I have zero judgment towards you or any choices that you've made. This is just me voicing some wisdom that I've, I've seeped uh, and, and our experience. But what I will say is that, and I hope that it's not any of you listeners, but I have heard many, many stories about people bullying, judging, and discriminating against people who chose not to get the jab. So if you are bullying, judging, and discriminating people against their choice around the vax or around the jab uh, and saying that they're part of the problem or they were part of the problem, I invite you to climb outside the glass jar and read the label because you are in fact the biggest part of the problem as a bullying discriminator. The writing is on the wall that these jabs made no difference. When the fear dust settles, sanity will prevail. So I say let's join in love and consciousness regardless of vax status and all step outside the glass jar and read the label together. Bit of a tangent from the G of how you're going overall right now back into this golden check-in, but I really wanted to share that on this podcast. I shared it on social media and someone messaged me and said, lots of people messaged me and said, thank you so much for saying that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, And some people actually said, you're really brave for sharing that because it's still kind of out there and people are still very opinionated on this. And I thought, I'm not brave for sharing my experience and for sharing some evidence of of wisdom. That's not my opinion. That's just what's out there. Okay. So, and sorry, I do want to say one, one more time. If you're offended, if you're triggered by anything that I just said, then please uh, just sit with it and breathe and, and just remember there's no judgment with what I'm saying. There's no right or wrong that I'm saying those who did and those who didn't. I've said it many times before to people close to me and in my coaching circles that my family and some of my closest friends got vaxxed, but some of my family and some of my closest friends didn't get vaxxed. I don't love less or more. I don't judge less or more based on any of that. I just live in true alignment with our values and and support and encourage everyone else to do the same. O in the golden check-in means occupied. What have you been occupied with 
what have you been doing? So, personally for me, I've been very occupied with loads of cross-country skiing throughout the winter here in Sweden. So, we're moving out of the winter at the moment, but we, we lived in Spain uh, for October, November, December, and we moved back from Spain on December 30th back to Sweden. And just before we moved back, probably 10 days, maybe two weeks, uh, I decided that I was going to complete the world's largest cross-country ski race here in Sweden called Vasalopet, uh, and it's 90 kilometers long and only over, sorry, over 16,000 people register for this one race. So that's why it's the world's largest. It's not the world's longest, it's the world's largest. So needless to say, the occasional five kilometer runs and body weight strength sessions and, and bike rides that I'd been doing while we lived in Spain, they weren't going to cut it for, for me and my sprinter genes to complete this long race. So for those who aren't aware, I was a 100 and 200 meter sprinter back in the day and went to the Australian Institute of Sport as a sprinter. So these distance events literally go against my DNA. <laughs> but with the growth mindset, I know it doesn't mean that I can't train and improve. The difficult thing for me with doing these long distance sessions was how to factor them into my lifestyle because I I anchor into and I've chosen to be a very present and involved father and a connected, empathetic, supportive husband. So to me, this means also that I support Marie to to ensure that she fulfills her purpose and her passions and her potential as a coach and not just as a mother. And I've designed my business and my life to support her in that way and to support me stepping into that role as a father and that role as a husband. So trying to fit in two, three, four-hour training sessions, it was like, it's crazy for me to, to see how people can do this uh, and maintain everything. So it really helped us establish uh, different systems and processes and support each other in, in different ways. And all the training was going really well until we got COVID. And although I didn't get hit too bad, it still meant uh, that a lack of sleep for a couple of weeks with the kids being sick and, and my sickness was enough to keep me from training for a couple of weeks, just being smart and respecting a virus for what it is. But when I could finally start again, I just went in very mildly. But two weeks out from the start of the 90-kilometer ski race, I decided I might just do a cruisy 30-minute ski, and it felt great. And I just cruised because people talked about this tightness in chest feeling a lot after coming back from COVID and the delayed fatigue and things like that. So I wanted to respect it for what it was and just to make sure I didn't do it. And I factored in some really slow runs and then a few more one-hour skis over the next 10 days. And it was on one of those trial sessions that it hit me, one of these skis in the beautiful mountains here in the cross-country skiing, it hit me. And it was that Australia's worst floods in history were wreaking havoc and forcing so many people into homelessness and losing everything. The war in the Ukraine had started and the obvious global impact for that was beginning. And it just kind of dawned on me. And I want to read this short post that went with a three-minute video that I released on social media about my epiphany and why I felt the pull to do this grueling 90-kilometer ski race. So the post read, My heart genuinely goes out to all innocent people experiencing either the man-made turmoil in Eastern Europe or the natural disasters of Australia's worst floods in history. 
It's times like these where I feel like I'm living in a bit of a bubble. I feel partly helpless to those suffering, but I also feel extremely grateful for my life as it stands. It also reminds me of the most horrific man-made turmoil I've lived through when my grandparents were murdered by their own son. And it reminds me of some of the natural disasters that I've lived through, like living in Brisbane for the 2011 floods, when half of our house went under and we had to swim to the front door, and most of our neighbourhood went completely under and lost everything. That same neighbourhood is completely underwater from those floods right now at the time of this writing. In this short video, I also mentioned some other COVID-related BS that we lived through over the past couple of years. This incredibly intense shift that the world has and is moving through reminds me that regardless of how well we live our lives, how disciplined we are to the habits and routines that help us thrive, we are not immune to natural disasters or man-made turmoil. We are not immune to massive challenges and adversities. We are in fact guaranteed to experience these at some level. So it's a massive personal reminder for me that When I am able and capable, I have an opportunity and responsibility to stay disciplined and focused on the habits and routines that help me thrive because it's from this version of my genuine best self that I am of more value to the world, starting with my tight inner circle and radiating globally when and however I can. My words for 2022 were, go all in. Whilst I'm not directly impacted by these global phenomena right now, I choose not to live in fear and pessimism, but shine my optimistic, abundant and impactful light to the world while I can. Many people can't do this right now and to you I say, stay courageous and continue to show up. Much of the world is with you in the consciously connected way we can be. To those who aren't affected, I challenge you to tap into your best self and go all in to be the most impactful you can be in this one shot at life. So that was the post that I wrote and you can watch the three minute video that that speaks about it a bit more and you can see that on my Instagram or Facebook page. And so I went all in. My goal was to finish the 90 kilometer ski race and I went all in. I only learned how to cross country ski race, sorry, cross country ski at the end of 2017. And I've only done three ski seasons on the cross country skis. I was a snowboarder and I traveled the world with the Australian Paralympic ski teams as a therapist for them. And I snowboarded through Canada, North America, many parts of Europe and Switzerland, some of the world's best mountains for months and months on end. So I was really, really good at snowboarding. And when I learned how to cross-country ski in 2017, I hated it. It literally felt like I was learning how to walk again. I still remember vividly there was two three-year-old kids that were taking off in front of me. Here I am falling over, barely moving at all. And then there was 80-plus-year-olds going for long skis as well, taking off in front of me. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. How can I not do this? I was stressed and frustrated. Anyway, I kept showing up, kept showing up because I've got a growth mindset and I knew there was just bullshit stories I was telling myself and, and comparison was the lacquer. So I'm pretty stoked that, you know, after only three seasons on the skis that I was able to, uh, to, 
to go through with this 90 kilometer ski race and just a little bit about it I knew it was going to be tough and that I would have to dig deep in my training I'd never done more than three and a half hours on the skis which was I think I got 45 or 46 kilometers so it was only half the distance so I knew that when I hit that point and went beyond that it was going to be unique and far out it was unique (laughs) my quads and adductors cramping my arm pump my mind just saying things like maybe you should just stop maybe you sure you want to go all in and I knew this was going to happen so what I did I actually put stickers on my I put white tape on each of my skis and I had names on them so on the left side was it said Bruma and Grindar that's my grandparents they are the ones that I choose to anchor into every day that I enhance and optimize their legacy. They're a massive part of the reason why I go all in with creating impact because they were big impactors. They taught me what love and respect is. So putting their names on the skis and they were murdered in their own home and their life cut short when they were healthy, still fit individuals. So when it hurt me, I just looked at those names and thought, this is fucking nothing. I've lived through their murder. I've carried their coffins. I've sat through court cases and heard it over and over again of the step-by-step processes of what happened. This is nothing, Brett. You've got this. Go all in. And on the right-hand side, I had names of my gorgeous wife, so Marie, because she was a 20-kilometer race walker training for the Olympics, made the world championships. And 20 kilometers of race walking 100% effort is grueling, brutal. Talk about mental strength, not just fitness and endurance, but mental strength. And she's taught me a lot about endurance training through those challenges. But she's also, you know, my soulmate and my rock in so many ways and challenges me in so many ways. So to have her name there. And then I also had the name of a late mate of mine, Alex Chumpy Pullen who was world champion snowboarder and passed away a couple of years ago when he was free diving and spearfishing at the Gold Coast. And it was actually his words. And I talked about this in a podcast at the beginning of this year that his words were go all in. And every time I think about go all in, I think about him and his philosophy and the way that he did that in his relationship, in his surfing, in his snowboarding, in his music, in his creativity, in his impact and his businesses that he was starting to build. And to think about him and and when I would be challenged and I look at that and I just think about him and I I said quite a few times, I feel you, mate. I feel you. You're You're patting me on the back saying, go all in, Robbo, go all in. So that worked really well. And the other person's name on my skis was... Uh, my brother's fiance, Andrea, who was diagnosed with breast cancer last year and fought that battle and did it so inspiringly and focused on her health throughout the battle and focused on the belief that she was actually going to be healthier and a better version of herself after all of this and focused on natural healing modalities as well as the chemo and focused on all of the good things afterwards and not all of the challenges and the problems and her exercise throughout and everything. I'm just super inspired by the way that she approached this greatest challenge in her life and and is growing so strong from it. And so when my mind would say, this is tough, 
are you sure you can keep going or I think it's about time or these cramps are it's a sign you're not strong enough you haven't done enough work I just catch my bullshit stories in my mind and just think about these people and focus on the inspiration from them not the comparison that I'm in a worse situation so much but the inspiration from them and their battles and the impact that they've had in my life so yes sometimes I was cramping so freaking much that (laughs) I almost fell to the ground a few times I did stop and stretch but uh, other times I just pushed through it and just as soon as I didn't focus on the cramps and the pain and focused on these people it could be five or ten minutes later I think oh that's right I had cramps before I, I literally forgot about it the power of the mind and I passed the the finish line in seven hours and 11 minutes and my goal was seven and a half hours i thought if i did it in seven and a half hours i'd be pretty stoked with that and mind you someone said to me what's the comparison like and i said it's kind of like a marathon i guess the the comparison is like running a marathon however on cross-country skis with tens of thousands of people around you or 10 there was i think there was eleven thousand out of or twelve thousand out of the sixteen thousand that that actually showed up you get to a big hill and you're all going up at the same time and there's people's poles are snapping and falling over and tripping and you've got to grind up a hill and your heart rate maxes out and then when you're going across the flats it can be beautiful and scenic and i'm so grateful and lapping it up and then you get to a fast downhill and the conditions were quite fast this day and <laughs> There's people falling over in front of you and you're going at full speed and you've got to go around them and there's, the tracks start to get a bit sloshy because it was warmer later in the day and you're slipping and gripping and it's it's it was crazy. And that's what made it all the more enjoyable, to be honest. And I crossed in 7-Eleven and I cried, I bawled. I did a video in that moment as well that I've shared on social media. It was quite an emotional experience because like what I said, it was more about... It was less about me and me physically getting through it. Although I did say to Marie one day, I said, fuck it, I'm doing it because I haven't actually been that challenged in life. Like what physical hardship have I put myself through or what are, I'm not, like I said, I'm not impacted by the floods or the wars or anything at the moment. I'm just going into this to, I know that I'm a better version of my, or a stronger version, more resilient version of myself on the other side of this. I'm doing it. And with the names that pulled me through on the skis, it was quite an emotional experience at the end. So, yeah, that was me uh, going all in. And, and the O for occupied in this golden check-in, that's that's what had occupied a lot of the, the start of the year for me up until that race. Uh, and occupied personally and, and professionally, I've, I've had my mastermind crew that, I mentioned before at the start of this, I'm love loving coaching and connecting with them regularly and, and seeing them show up as their genuine best selves and they're doing the work, working through the challenges better than ever before. It's super inspiring. And same with my one-on-one clients and the breakthrough program that I'm running. You know, I say to people, it doesn't matter how much of this work that we do, how well we know ourselves, how well we do the non-negotiables and the foundations. We are not immune to life's challenges the universe will keep nudging us with this big stick and say here's an illness or a death of a loved one here is a flood here is a pandemic here is a war here is something else here's a relationship challenge we will consistently be bombarded with these so it's not about whether you are exposed to them or not 
it's about how well you work through them. It's about how much work you consistently do. And, you know, some of the guys in my programs, businesses have been hit harder than ever before or, you know, floods impacted them or something like that. So it's not about that they haven't or won't experience that. It's the inspiration that they go, I know what to do. It's fucking hard, but I know what to do. I know what tools, what resources. I've got you guys that are um, supporting me as well. I know how to cope with this. As opposed to, holy shit, I'm done. Stress, fear, reactiveness, breakdowns, burnout. It just doesn't happen anymore. So that's also what's occupied me from a professional perspective. And I've also been very occupied with a 12-month business accelerator mentoring program for myself that I invested into for, for 2022. So it's been great getting regular coaching and, and tutorials and learning an abundance of value around business in different ways to enhance my personal business and also enhance my business coaching skills. Okay, the next letter on the golden check-in is the letter L, G-O-L, and L is for liked. What have you liked lately? I did this golden check-in a little while ago and it was when the, the floods were at full force and I, I want to go back to that. I've liked the camaraderie of Australians pulling together for the flood cleanups. So as I mentioned, I was affected by the 2011 floods in Brisbane and I know firsthand what the cleanup phase is like. We had people from all over the country arrive on buses and just come through and clean everything and have barbecues and then we'd move on to the next house and the next house and this camaraderie of Australians and, and seeing this from a distance throughout the cleanups, uh, I really like that. I'm really proud of that. I really value that aspect of, of human connectedness. Okay, on to the D for the golden check-in. D is for difficult. Has anything been difficult? <laughs> okay, I'll be vulnerable here. I'll be honest. What's been difficult for me is fathering. As my perfect son moves through his terrible twos, terrible threes, whatever you want to call it. So he's three years old now, just recently. Uh, up until he's about 18 months old, I thought I was the perfect father and I had this deep connection and lots of laughs and it was just beautiful. And then I was triggered more than I've ever been triggered in my life. When someone starts refusing, when someone starts rejecting, when someone starts going against the grain, when someone starts triggering me into my reptilian part of my brain more often than ever then I've never experienced this before I've I've literally it's been difficult it has been difficult and I say this often that I'm so grateful for what I know and the tools that I've learned around human behavior and how to regulate my emotions but it's not enough I've had angry outbursts and I'm it scares me and to the point of holy shit where did that come from I thought I'd worked on this and this is what we call shadow behaviors uh, so actually recently I just started working with a coach myself to work on those shadow behaviors and doing inner child work to to ensure that this anger doesn't become an issue. Uh, I, I really pride myself on being the greatest version of myself for those around me as well. And a big part of that is to know how to discipline children without the anger or the frustration. It's to know how to guide them and support them and set boundaries without that anger and reactiveness so it's difficult uh, but as i'm reminded from other parents a lot of 
people that I work with say, oh, Robbo, small children, small problems. Wait till they get bigger. Big children, big problems. And I, I understand that. But what I won't let be true is that my problems of anger or frustration get bigger when the external problems or challenges get bigger. So, although it's very minor at the moment, I'm just jumping on it. I'm nipping it in the butt. This is how I know that we evolve consciously. This is the work that I know that needs to happen. I can't just teach this and work on this with people and then not do it myself. So, that's what I'm working through at the moment and and it's great. I'm listening to a book for the second time called The Whole Brain Child. Anyone with kids two years or older, uh, I highly recommend that you invest into that book because I listened to it when Ollie was first born and, and it was good, but I couldn't implement the things because I wasn't experiencing the challenges. Now I am, and it's great. It teaches us about the science of the brain that I absolutely froth on, but gives some very practical ways to approach kids and for us parents to be able to bring into. It's called The Whole Brain Child. Highly recommend that. E, excited. What are you excited about for the golden check-in? Excited about. And then part of that question that Anna has also put in says, are there things you've been worried about? So for me, the excitement is the Swedish summer adventures that are that are ahead of us. The snow is melting here and almost almost gone. The mountain bike has been dusted off and the trails are about to be accessible. They've still got a bit of snow and slosh on them, but I'm really excited about mountain biking and running races through the wilderness and hiking and lake adventures with Marie and the kids and barbecues and the long summer days. Uh, I'm very excited about that phase, not because I'm like, oh my God, the winter has been so miserable. As you've heard, I absolutely love it, but it brings a different level, a different experience, a different level of excitement. So that's what I'm excited about. Worry? What am I worried about? Where am I worried about that anger? I can't say I'm worried. I'm just alarmed and I'm working on it. But I often, I can honestly say that I, I don't get worried. I just don't worry about things. Concern is very different to worry. If I'm concerned about something and I can raise the issue from within or around, concern to me is very different to worry. I think about the acronym of worry it uh, worry is waste of the real raw you. When we worry, it's a waste of our energy. When we worry, it creates anxiety. When we worry, we overthink. We create more of our stress hormones. We lower our helpful and healthy hormones. When we worry, we bring that worry and that energy and that stress into the people closest to us, into the world at large. It's it's a waste of the real raw you. So. I'm not worried about anything. I have my concerns that arise now and then. I have my alarms and I work on them. N, need. So the final letter in golden is N and it stands for need. What do you need support with is the question. So Anna asks this and when you do a golden check-in. By the way, this golden check-in you can do with anyone. Uh, you can maybe find it on Anna's website. Jump on to ritesofpassage.org, I think it is. Uh, tell him that you heard about it on this podcast or go back through and uh, write down what, what each letter means. Um, I, I don't want to share it as the PDF that he shared with me just in case that's a resource of his that he's not sharing out. But uh, I know that it, it wouldn't be a bad thing. He encourages people to do this check-in. So what do you need support with? 
so for me, like I said, there's obviously many people affected by natural or man-made disasters that need support in different ways. But this is what you personally need support with when with this question, what you personally need. So when I ask this question with my clients, I don't let the answer be a humble one. I don't want you to answer, oh, no, nothing really. I'm all good. I'm, I'm not in as bad a situation as them. Or no, no, I'm good. I don't need support. We shouldn't be asking this question if we genuinely aren't willing to support the people that we're asking it to. And the way this has created instant solutions or connections for the guys in my groups is phenomenal. So from needing specific staff in their business or needing advice on hiring new team members or needing to be held accountable for their daily non-negotiables with their health to help them thrive or needing support through a specific challenge that they're experiencing in that moment and just being open to saying what they need support with. It's amazing. So honestly, from you legendary listeners, what I need support with, and I know you're not actually asking me, but I'm kind of reframing that, that you are asking me, but I do get some of you actually reaching out at different times asking how you can support me, and I'm super grateful for that. So I'd be extremely grateful for your support in sharing this podcast or any of my posts or programs with people who you believe will get value from them. This supports my mission, my purpose, and part of my personal philosophy by you sharing this. So my personal philosophy is every day is an opportunity to love deeply, impact significantly, embody wisdom, and have fucking fun. So you sharing this episode, this podcast, posts, programs with people that you know will be positively impacted. It will align with the significant impact part of my philosophy. Every day is an opportunity to love deeply, impact significantly, embody wisdom and have fun. Part of my deeper purpose every day, I mentioned it before, is to enhance and optimize my grandparents' legacy. And my mission within this is by significantly impacting and changing hundreds of thousands of people's lives with a ripple effect into their families, their communities, and the world at large. This is what my grandparents did, and this is a deep-rooted way of me enhancing and optimizing their legacy. Not living their legacy, as I'm living my own legacy, and I'm not leaving a legacy, I'm living a legacy. And so I'm not trying to live their legacy, but I'm enhancing and optimizing it. So back to me needing that support in sharing these podcasts or anything that I do, but especially the podcast. It's an easy thing for people to listen and be inspired and and research more about what we talk about or follow other guests that I have on here. You, if, if you know that it could impact someone else positively, I'd be extremely grateful for that share. And on that note, that's a wrap for my golden check-in. Remember, you don't have to follow this structure if you don't want to, but it, the power of the check-ins, it guides people to express things in a way that they might not otherwise feel they have the opportunity to express. We can generally get caught up in, how you going? Yeah, good. How you going? Yeah, good. Oh, how about the weather? Yeah, or the footy, or, or what's going on? Or yeah, work's stressful, or whatever those numbing conversations are. Let's, let's allow people to express. Let's express ourselves. And this golden check-in or any kind of check-in can be really valuable for that. Keep thriving, legends. And as always, remember, this is your life journey and you 
creating your own life of impact.